0: Hey, what's up everybody. Welcome to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, I am your host, Adam Peek for this one. And I want to tell you about my guy, Justin Welsh. I get asked this question a lot. Like Adam, how did you get going with content creation, strategy, tools, you know, starting a podcast, all that kind of stuff. And, And a lot of that had to do with sitting and learning and taking courses from Justin. And so if you are wanting to get started on your journey. You have an opportunity to do that. I will have a link in the show notes, but it is his course idea, audience proof and product. It is $150 to take it. It's a one-time cost, not annually, not monthly, quarterly, none of that. 150 bucks to take the course. You get all the content. It is super actionable. I promise you if you are looking to just build some side income, build some uh, other revenue or just get started on your personal brand, Justin is that guy. Uh, So click the link here in the show notes to get going and go sign up for the course. All right. So we have got an awesome episode with Andy Kurtz. Andy is with Buttermilk Creative. He and I connected uh, through Kurt Visola. Uh, Him and Kurt host a room, I guess it's a room, on Clubhouse together, and it's phenomenal. Uh, Andy is a tremendous packaging designer, and his story is great. So I can't wait for you to connect up and learn more about Andy Kurtz from Buttermilk Creative. Let's go. All right, Andy. We're live on the podcast, but not really live because if it's terrible... Who cares? You know, we'll edit stuff out, like we were just talking about, or it just won't even make the air. But I have, I have 100% confidence this conversation is going to be live on the People Packaging Podcast. So I am joined by the Andy Kurtz. Uh, Andy, why don't you are with Buttermilk Creative? That is your company, though, correct? Correct. Okay, I'm excited to talk about where that name came from. Um, I hope there's a cool story. We don't really (laughs) prep much, as you can probably tell. (laughs) <laughs> I, I asked Andy before I said should we just is there something you want to talk about or should we just choose our own adventure and and he went choose your own adventure so we're gonna we're gonna do it and it's gonna be awesome yes uh, Andy and I we met up on Clubhouse uh, Andy is uh, hosts a Clubhouse show with uh, with our mutual good friend Kirk Faisola and so I've been listening to that he's been participating in our sustainable packaging one and uh, just another friend that I feel like I've made that I've never met during COVID. Like we would hang out and feel like we'd be, we've been friends for a while, but we've just never actually like seen each other's faces um, nope. outside of a video camera. So anyway, Andy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on on your podcast. And like I said, you're, uh, you're a pro, so uh, I'm honored to be here. Man,
0: I've made it, mom. My yeah. mom's probably going to listen to this, and I have just been called a professional.
1: <laughs> Perfect, a professional
0: <laughs> podcast host.
1: I'll uh, take that payment in um, in a uh, Bitcoin. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Whenever you. No, can. I've
0: already. I've actually already sent it. I oh. <laughs> my Bitcoin paid for some time travel. I've already had the conversation. I already knew it, and it's already in your account. So, you and Elon, you know, good job. <laughs> to the moon, to the moon, me and Elon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he would be a fun guest to have on the podcast. He would be. He could talk about packaging. I think he could, um, or at least a packaging engineer from Tesla. I'm connected to a few of them yeah. on, uh, on the on the socials. Anyway, yeah. we're not going to talk about Bitcoin or I'm Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could, we could, but let's not. Uh, I want to talk about you, and I want to talk about the work that you do at Buttermilk Creative and what your journey and your path was to get to a place where you were like, you know what, screw it, I'm starting my own thing. Um, I'm sure that that was a a bit of a leap. So first of all, just kind of a quick introduction, you know, where do you live? What's your favorite animal that starts with the letter P? Uh, I don't know, family status, all that kind of good stuff. Just natural, normal things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And everyday conversation.
1: Absolutely. So uh, yes, I'm Andy Kurtz, creative director uh, and founder of Buttermilk Creative. We're based in North Carolina, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, which is a minor city uh, here here, uh, in the state. Uh, Family status, I have a wife and two amazing children. Arlo is eight, Romy is 15 months old, um, and, uh, and yeah, we live in this amazing little neighborhood over here in, in, Greensboro called Lindley Park with a lot of good community and, and, uh, and it's just a fun place to be because when you're young, you want to sort of rebel and like live in really cool places, but as you grow old and get a family, you realize that, uh, cool places aren't super accessible for families, at least how we sort of set it up. So um, we set up shop in this neat little neighborhood within walking distance to our son's elementary school and other friends, you know, so like, it's like this little like bubble of 1950s in a good way, um, where he can walk to friends' houses, uh, we can walk to school every day, and we can hop on, we can go to the international airport, which is, you know, 15 minutes away, and one nonstop flight to New York or, wherever, you know, or we can go to Raleigh and Charlotte and, you know, we, we can get culture outside of our little small town. Sure. Um, so, yeah. How, that's, how that's... long
0: would it take for you to go see a UNC Duke basketball game? That's really all I care about. Because I could be recruited from Salt Lake oh, City to Greensboro. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: absolutely. Um, so if the tournament is in town, it's maybe a f- five-minute walk from our house.
0: Oh, to UNC Greensboro, because they do, they do the tournament there pretty often, right?
1: Yeah, at the Coliseum. So, yeah, you could, we could literally, I, I mean, it depends if we want to go to the bar first, but, like, if we just want to go straight to the Coliseum, it's five minutes, you know, TBD, if we're going to hit the bar before there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously. We've, we, we've got a great bar and laundromat called Suds and Duds here that is is a good hangout. <laughs> that, that, that... that. <laughs> um and and they used to you used to be able to smoke there and so people would wash their clothes and then the smokers would be smoking in the bar and so your clothes would smell like smoke yeah it was it's not that's a, crazy yeah but um but yeah no we could get there fairly quickly and then okay. if we're going to if we're going to durham you know that's an hour-long drive uh down easy. i-40 yeah it's easy come on All right
0: yeah, well that we need to make that happen. In yeah. Fort Collins, and more specifically in Loveland, Colorado, there used to be a store kind of like Suds and Duds, but it was called the Bibles and Wigs store. So it was your <laughs> one-stop shop for all uh, all different versions of the Bible and also wigs. I love it. That's de- <laughs> the same it thing. It like a couple that was like, "We need to we need to start a business together." Yeah. And then one's like, I am really passionate about wigs. And it's like, I think people need the word of God. And they're like, well, why not all under one roof? They didn't last very long. But it was funny to drive by. You're like,
1: Bibles and wigs. Hmm. Bible,
0: the Bibles and wigs store.
1: <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Uh, cool. So, what is, we should probably start talking about packaging at some point in time, though I would, I do really love North Carolina. I've told you before. I was close to going to college out there, only to watch college basketball. That's all I wanted to do was to just pick any school in North Carolina and go there and just be able to drive to great college basketball. It's not just Duke in North Carolina. You know, NC State is yeah. really good. Wake Forest is They've really good. Been... Uh, even you know the the state schools, right? UNC Greensboro yeah. has had a good team in the past. Oh, yeah. um, I'm trying to think of who else. I want to say UNC Asheville has been pretty decent recently. Um, you know, it's just, it's awesome. So uh, we, we could talk about that for a while, but I want to talk about Buttermilk Creative, and how did that start? What was your work journey to get to that point?
1: Yeah, so uh, I went to school down in Florida at Ringling College of Art and Design, and um, uh, my wife Uh, girlfriend at the time, she was also down in Florida and we stayed in Florida for uh, about a year and a half postgraduate and, or post-graduation. And I worked at a print shop there and she worked at a residential architect. She does interior design. And then around 2007, the, you know, everything was starting to crash, especially Florida and California. And so, you know we sort of felt those effects earlier than the rest of the country and so you know just everything sort of hit the fan and we were like okay what are we going to do so really the original plan was to move back here but not, but live in the town that's like next to us which is called Winston Salem which is a really mm-hmm. cool town um but during that sort of transition i had applied to a job at the fresh market which was an in-house uh it, it, that's a specialty grocery store and the position was just in-house graphic designer and I, it sort of it was sort of like really there's a there's a position of design at a grocery store like what is this but i didn't care because it was relatively in the area you know and just you know you just sort of roll the dice with that kind of thing and i ended up getting a job there in 07 november of 07 and um, just started just building my career there, you know, like early, you know, just from the just getting to know the business and and learning the inner workings of that world. Like, I just I really loved it. And like soon after getting hired, I started to uh, lobby for the private brand design business, private brand packaging design business, because we were working with uh, a um, an outside agency. And I was like, you have two super talented designers here in-house, like who know the brand, like let's, let's do this in-house. Right. And so um, while I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't manage to like take over everything by the time I left, we did the bulk of the private brand packaging design during my tenure there, which was seven years. And that's really. Is it at all lost on you that you
0: had, you now run an agency and you got your experience by telling somebody that they didn't need an agency.
1: Exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> I went, and that's the that's that's what's so funny about when you go when you're in house, you have so much work that you turn it away, and you like come up with reasons why you can't take on a project. Like you rationalize, like you do these like like we had a, a project management system, um, uh, I think it's called At Task. Where I would literally run reports weekly, where I could point out to each um, director why I couldn't take on their their project this week, and and then I left and I went to like begging people for work. You know, like I went from begging people not. It just no, yeah, no. It's it's that's that is yes, exactly. It's it's hilarious, but. It's different. I think it's different when you're like this large um, grocery store versus like a small brand, like a startup Mm -hmm. brand. Like I think that's beneficial. Like you can't, like a lot of these founders like do their own packaging design. They do their own branding. They've set up their website on Shopify. It's like, well, who's running the company? Like, are you like, Oh, it's me. Well, it's like, how, how are you doing all this stuff? Like, you got to be able to portion out the budget so that you can hire some professionals to come in at some point in the, you know, like I get it, like getting, getting off the ground, you can't do that, but at some point you have to recognize that you have to bring some professionals in. So, um, but you know, with like, you know, these humongous corporations, yeah. Create an in-house team if you need to supplement, like we've worked with Wegmans and Publix because we have that grocery experience, which is so unique to, you know say you work in-house at a insurance company. I mean, I'm sure that has its own little quirkiness. Working in-house at a grocery store and retail has its own quirkiness. And so, you know, we've worked with other that as buttermilk, we've worked with other grocery stores because we can sort of get plugged into these projects midstream, you know, like we don't have to get onboarded. You know, it's like oh yeah, the the category manager's freaking out about this particular call out. Yeah, I get it. You know, we can adjust that or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're, there's, there's a compression to the system where it's not like, okay, we got to bring them in. And then we have to explain all the intricacies yep. of grocery, private label. Yep. It's like, no, just call a bandy. He knows, what, he knows what to do. He can just come in, knock it out, him and his team. Is its is it two of you? Then that so, the agency?
1: So yeah, it, so it's it's me who runs a lot of the, uh, design portion of it. And then my wife, Nicole, who does a lot of like the, um, the back end, like inner workings, um, you know, administrative stuff for lack of a better term. So yeah. And, but she also like, will peek over my shoulder when I'm like, you know, spending way too much time noodling on a design. She'll, she'll be like, did the client really say that they wanted that, you know, very specific illustration of this or that, you know, like of that, you know, fruit or whatever on that label? And I'm like, well, no, but it's going to look really good, aesthetically pleasing here. And it's like, no, stop. Get out of there and <laughs> do what they said. they. Yeah,
0: yeah. She, she provides got... she provides like the level of normalcy, like the normal yes. human who's like, yeah, I don't. I, it looks I'll great. It. it looks great, Andy. I. Don't did they ask for it? No. Do you think they'll care if it's not there? No. But I just yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And more importantly, she sends the invoices out and she's like, "Did you send an estimate on that? Are we charging them for that?" And I'm like, "Well, no." But and she's like, "Nope. Stop. Stop." stop, stop. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hon,
0: What happened is, yeah. I was I was out and I was thinking I was having a beer with some buddies and I was thinking yeah. like, this could just use a little bit. Uh, happier yellow. It used the- six
1: hours of my time, you know, knocking this out. So yeah, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and and how long how long ago did you make
0: the leap then from uh, Fresh Market into Buttermilk Creative?
1: So uh, LinkedIn tells me it was six months and s- or six years and seven months ago. So around twenty fifteen, like January twenty fifteen, it was pretty clean break there. Um, so it's easy to do the math. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, it was just, it was time, you know, like just, I started to get the itch around probably five years and then just, you know, with, uh, starting a family and, um, and just sort of like looking more into the future, you know, you, you, you can't, if you can't imagine yourself in your current position, or, or at your current company uh, in five years or 10 years, then, then it's probably time to start looking for something new, you know? And so um, I I'd already, I, I'd always rebelled against sort of the traditional corporate sort of structure and um, other sort of guidelines that we had to live under. So like, for instance, you know, you couldn't like, Right before I left, they finally let you wear a beard. And so what I did before that, which if you look at like older older, um, like if you Google me, you'll see that, like I spoke at the Dialine conference a couple of times and I had a handlebar mustache because I couldn't have a beard. So I was like, well, I'm just going to grow the biggest mustache you've ever seen or yeah, good I could grow. And, and so I just always bristled at all that kind of stuff. So I knew that I was like, I don't know if I'm, I'm fit for going to another place. Mm -hmm. And so it just made sense to, to try, you know, take a stab at our own sort of thing. And, uh, and I felt like I'd built enough of a network and, um, you know, had enough, whatever chutzpah to go out there and, and do this on our own. That's great. Yeah.
0: And and I want to I want to dig in a little bit more on not only the work that you're doing but also, you know, some words of advice that you might have for people in the industry. But I do have to ask, uh you would be the first graduate of this school, the Ringling School. Uh what is the Ringling School and there's got to be a really good circus joke kind of in <laughs> in the question there. I just, it's not, it's not the same, right? It's not the same like Ringling Brothers. (laughs) Is that who started it? Is it a different
1: wording? It's actually, um, it's actually the wife of John Ringling. I think it was, I'm not even going to try to, I can't remember her name, but so Ringling Brothers had their winter quarters in Sarasota. So they would travel the world or travel the the. Nation or whatever, and then they would they would store you know during the winter they'd store everything and like camp out you know in in Sarasota in the warmth in the winter and so she had all these connections to um the art world because she's she's a socialite you know and right. and she's a lover of the arts and so she would bring all so she was like well I'm bored down here you know like. John's off there feeding the elephants. So I wanna, I wanna do my thing. And so she brought, she would bring all these creative people down to Sarasota who wouldn't normally winter in the in Florida at that time. So she brought, you know, famous illustrators um, down there and just, you know, all these creative minds would come down. And then she was like, Well, I have all these creative minds here for, you know, the the winter. What if we did workshops? And just invited the community over, and so that um, you know the the school was born out of this this sort of um, idea, and it just it just has become this thing, you know. So like um, James Rosenquist, the uh, pop art painter, had his um, studio down in that area of um, okay. uh, Western Florida. And um, Sol Lewitt, who is another painter, uh, pop art, 60s painter, also worked in the area. There was a Sarasota School of Architecture that was like mid-century modern inspired. Um, Interesting. And so it was, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, just, it grew, you know, there's just this community that grew out of that area. And so the school grew out of that. Okay. When I went to the school, it was called, and and that's the neat thing about it. It was focused on what um we would call commercial art not fine art not gallery art because let's be honest to be a gallery painter you you have to that's like that's like a celebrity that's like one in a million mm-hmm. you know and so like you're not you have a much better chance of being a commercial artist than a gallery artist
0: way yeah there's uh who is the uh, i grew up in a very uh, conservative. Christian area so there was only one painter and that was Thomas Kincaid the painter of light if you're familiar with uh his oh yeah I think he was the old like he was the only one my parents ever had I did not grow up around like you're saying all these names and I'm like uh, Uh uh uh-huh yeah I totally (laughs) totally get you on that um but I mean I can imagine so it's not like there's there's way more commercial artists you know just to create you know, like packaging art or graphic design yeah. or, you know, that kind of work, then there are somebody who has their own gallery.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, or you get signed on to the, you know, any gallery in Soho or Chelsea or whatever, you know, like that's just, it's... it's it you may can as well happen. be trying to
0: make the NBA or the NFL. It's the same kind of...
1: Yeah, it's the lot. same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So, um, so they really focused on, you know, creating... and and helping nurture the student that was going that path and um when I went it was called the Ringling School of Art and Design they've since rebranded to Ringling College of Art and Design but um uh they're they're known like if you look at um if you dig into any of like the Pixar and the, the the staff that does those movies like there's likely a ton of hmm. uh, Ringling graduates in there. They've got well, a crazy great computer animation. Um, got it.
0: They're clearly not going into packaging design because I have not talked to somebody uh, or known anybody from the school. So it's awesome that you have that kind of background and, and even that sort of place to go for inspiration. You, know, you also mentioned like your wife has a, an architecture background yeah. and... Uh, it, it's. I think it's really cool when when people can connect those sorts of worlds together and and create art from that. Um, I think I, you know not to go all pastoral on you, but uh, the, the the very first attribute mentioned in the Bible is the creativity of God, right? I think the creativity is a is a divine attribute that we get to participate in, when we make things. Um, out of a blank canvas, right? I just think it's awesome. So
1: um, when, and that's, that's where I think the really interesting stuff comes from. And I try to, uh, you know, be as connected with the, um, especially food and CPG world as much as I can. But I think it's also important to just look at super, um, just, I don't want to say impractical, but like different things like yeah. go to a gallery to look for inspiration for a box or whatever, you know? And so like, uh, and yeah, um, my wife actually, she also worked at the fresh market and, and she headed up the store design department. So whenever they needed remodel, she would, um, she would redesign the flow. So she, that's another thing she brings to our company is, you know, looking at packaging from a, from a store flow perspective and, um, and it just, it if you live in this, if you live in too small of a bubble, then stuff starts to look very stale and yes. just not inspired. And so, like, yeah, there's so many other, like, that's why I um I, mean, I love printmaking, like physical printmaking, like on a press, like with uh, relief printing and lithograph and screen printing. So I did a minor in printmaking at Ringling because cool. I needed that 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 fine art aspect like we had the commercial art illustration track that I was doing that was very practical and you know they they even taught us about taxes we had a portfolio class where we spent three or four weeks just on taxes like we didn't look at anything else but you know and so that was neat to to really be prepared for that to, to go mm-hmm. an editorial illustrator, or you're going to go to work freelance for an agency. Mm-hmm. You need to have that business acumen. Right. And so they uh, it, really was, it
0: wasn't it wasn't a class on how to get creative with your taxes because that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> no, no. I hope, they, I hope tax, the class was pay your taxes. and, well, and was, understand tax
1: codes and finances. There, there was plenty. There was actually. It was funny that particular like um, segment of the lesson. Like um, they uh, they showed like. I can't remember who the famous illustrator was, but it was like, we know, we all know so-and-so, you know, clicking through the different slides. And, you know, they did, they did this beautiful cover for, you know, the Saturday evening post or whatever, and so on and so forth. And then they were like, and they owed the IRS, you know, $2 million in back taxes because they never paid, you know, and it was like, what like this and they were like yeah and they almost went to jail so we're trying to make sure you guys don't do that. that's a great point (laughs) it was really cool because you know we have this like worship of of artists and we're like they can do no wrong but no yeah you can do wrong like the the irs doesn't give two poops about what you've been published in they want that money
0: (laughs) yeah exactly so we have we've covered in the first 25 minutes a variety of topics from circuses to uh, tax evasion from famous artists, uh, and we have yet to dive into a very critical question, uh, which is, you, you obviously do packaging design, and is it mostly primarily focused on, you know, food, beverage, kind of small, medium-sized food and beverage companies that are in e-commerce and retail, or does it, do you, do you expand beyond that realm uh, in terms of the work that you're currently doing, or or just you know, you could obviously design for many different places, but do you have like a sweet spot that where you're like, boy, we really nail this kind of uh, for for this company, we're really great at helping them out.
1: Yeah, no, I've, you you have uh, you've you've you put a good definition on it. Like that's, that's exactly what we do. You know, like there we've, we've tried to over the years, um, carve out the niche and really like, that's why we don't even say we design for like CPG because I think CPG has this whole other connotation of like, um, craft Coke, Mondelez, you know, like these bigger companies. And we really work with these smaller, that's why we say specialty food and beverage, um, you know, I, I we don't have a revenue number that we work with, you know, that we define for 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 brands, but it is exactly what you're saying. It's these sort of small to medium-sized companies that are, have probably been out for, you know, a few years. They've had a few iterations of their packaging and their branding. We do other stuff, um, and they're just ready to really, like, either introduce themselves nationally you know like you know maybe they've just been regionally or they've just been in farmers markets and they're ready to really like introduce themselves to the world and they need to re-articulate or themselves um and uh and and especially if they're looking at going on a grocery shelf you know like I think so many um new brands in the pandemic are like oh I'm gonna skip that and I'm just gonna go D to C and it's like yeah and it's like you don't you don't understand like I mean, it's, it's a huge investment to get on the shelf. I get it. Like, I'm not like, I'm not saying that that's not Um, it's not easy, but like that is where you get the most traction. That's where you get the most eyeballs. That's, I mean, just when you get on shelf at a major retailer or even a regional, like that really shows that you are legit, you know? And like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah and it's so not
0: it's not like it sorry, but it's not even yeah. you know when you look at the numbers, I was shocked at how even post covid how the small percentage of items that are actually bought online yeah. versus brick and mortar yeah. is astonishing. I don't remember what the exact number is, but it's really i want to say it's in the it's in the single digits or the low double digits in terms of the percentage of money that's spent versus going to a store and you know, I, I think a lot of that is you go back into a store right now and you'll you'll find out there's people who just love to be in a store. They yeah. just love to be surprised. It's yeah. it's a journey, it's an adventure. And I know there's people who are like very type A who are like, Nope, I have my list and I go. It's like, okay, well then that's that's your prerogative. But you look around and there's people just like it's like their happy place to just be wondering yeah. and what new Brows. things are out there and what do we got oh look at this and they're picking up the label and they're stopping yeah. and they're checking stuff out that is that is way more common than i think most people really realize because yeah. you know i get asked quite a bit about packaging and you know like what's what's the role and has it has it totally changed to go to like e-commerce and d2c and i'm like well yeah it's obviously a consideration you know unboxing videos are crazy right now but shelf appeal is still your, a, a really big focus of, yeah. <laughs> of, your, of your packaging design because that's where you're, you're still going to get, like you said, a lot of traction, a lot of traffic, a lot of validation, you know, mm-hmm. to say like we're in, you know, whatever it is, Whole Foods or yeah. uh, Wegmans or HEV or whatever the, or Costco or Kroger, whatever the retailer is. You're like, I, I've made it. I'm there. yeah um, That's a really big deal.
1: Yeah. And I, and I also heard it was funny, like someone <laughs> um, it was either a webinar or clubhouse or something. They were like, if you're solely going to go D 2 C, you better have a D 2 C wizard on your staff who you're paying millions of dollars to to drive that business. Because that's the only way to be successful going only D 2 C. Yep. <laughs> and I just laughed at that because I just imagine this D 2 C wizard guy big gray beard and you know all this lightning and stuff but it's true like you think that, that it's like this like um, you know just this uh, you know this assumption that because just like with like social media like oh social media is free so you know sign up for an account it's free so you know it should be free to create content and all that other stuff no it's not social media is very expensive to do it right and mm-hmm. same with d2c like what, you think you're going to set up an Amazon store and then suddenly you're just going to be like making millions? No, yeah. you're going to be buried in the millions of other brands that are selling the same thing as you are. And it's all yeah. about how much money you put towards it and the strategy you put towards it.
0: Right. So, and by the way, yeah. Amazon might have a competing product. Yeah. that They're and, incentivized to sell against yours. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and, and to be fair, like I'm not, I, I would never knock a medium, you know, to say like, Hey, this is what you should or shouldn't do. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of people who are doing really well on, on e-commerce on Amazon, you know, selling through Etsy and other places. Yeah. These, uh, there's a lot of ways, which is really cool. There's kind of been a democratization of access yeah. uh, exactly. for, for products. And I think why we're seeing this renaissance of, new product development and just people are making cool awesome stuff and you know you can hire an instagram wizard and and you know get a whole bunch of followers and sell products on instagram that's that's a possibility instead of having to pound down the door at the buyer uh you know at kroger um so but if if you're it's like it's like you know i'm in business development and sales if all i did was only rely on social media to try to talk to people, I'd be host because yeah. yeah, you know, LinkedIn or you know, that's what it is for me. Like it's a great avenue, but you've got to go out and check out you got to pick up a phone and call somebody. You gotta send them an email. You gotta, you know, do what go on Clubhouse or you know, do whatever it is that you got to do uh to to get in front of people. So um I, I completely agree. How many brands would you say that that you're working with uh, on average per year?
1: We work with about probably twenty brands a year. Do you have and repeat um, ones,
0: or do you? We is, do. Is it, okay, so the same yeah, people yeah. keep coming back and saying, "Hey, we've got a new product, we've got a new thing," and yeah. then others are are either do you have people who like change their their agency and come to you because they're not happy, or is it? You know, how does that work?
1: So it's it's uh, I would say we have about it's about half and half of folks that came to us to establish a relationship and we are just their go to person when they do line extensions or they need this or that. And then the other half is people we've set up and we're totally fine with this. We can go either way, but we've set them up to because they don't have the budget to, to continue working with us. You know, they, they, they can then go and hire somebody to just knock something out, you know? And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's yeah. It, but, um, but yeah, we try to, we, when we were working at the fresh market, there were a few larger agencies that we worked with that was, it was just not a good experience. You know, we, you got winded on by the principal and then you, uh, and it was a huge price tag, and then in house pretty much had to redo everything, you know. After <laughs> when it was all said and done, because we knew what the executives wanted to see, and so it was just sort of like head scratching, like, "Well, what? Are... We just signed a one hundred fifty thousand dollar, you know, um, proposal, and and now I'm like busting my butt for two weeks to get ready for this presentation." just sort of t- retooling what they've sent over to us. Like this doesn't add up. Yep. And so when we started Buttermilk, that was one of our big things was to be intentionally small and to just like like when when brands, and it's not all brands, but some brands, new ones that we talk to, they're like, your team is small, right? Are you sure you can handle this type of work? And uh and we're always like, w- yes, we're sure. And and if they keep pushing me, I say, well, I was I led a team at the Fresh Market of of um, me and another designer, and we um, annually would do five hundred projects. So year one project, I'm good. I can I can knock it out. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I have the acumen to do it. But um, but I remind them that one of the biggest, most successful, most famous design agencies pentagram works in teams of like five or less. So like each partner has a team of five or less. Hmm. I mean, they work with Citibank. They work with Shake Shack. They work with all these ginormous brands, global brands with small teams. And so if they can do this like work, it's it's the team that makes the work, not the quantity. It's the quality, not the quantity. And so, um, so when we talk to people like that, it's like, we, we, we go ahead and like head it off the pass. We're like, Hey, we're intentionally small. If you're looking for like a big agency, that's going to like come in with all the suits and every, you know, clearly I'm not going to be wearing a suit, but if you're looking for somebody who's going to come in with a suit, you know, and wine and dine you, like, that's not us get to work and we'll knock it out and we'll do a really good job. But, um, but it's just my wife and I, and then. You know, if we need a copywriter, we have a great copywriter we bring in. Right. We need a developer, we have a developer. But I'm doing most of that communication. I'm doing most of the design. I'm the one you're going to talk to through the whole process. And we think cool. that's really important to have that, you know, that institutional knowledge and that, you know, just that rapport with yeah. our clients.
0: No, definitely. That's great. So uh, this is kind of my final question. Uh, I don't ask at every interview now. I used to, but I think you'll have a really interesting and informed answer to it. So you are given, so there's there's the wizard of DTC, but now you are the wizard of packaging. Uh, so <laughs> you have been crowned, um, I'm trying to think if there's a, a hairy plotting table. Ah, that didn't work, did it? Hairy plotter? That would, you know, you can like plot stuff. I don't know, that's bad. Anyway, uh, if you think of a great name for the wizard of packaging, uh you can you can let me know
1: um i'm, I'm like literally going through there's my like kind of dumble dumble door some kind of dumble some kind of something
0: I know there's gotta be <laughs> like a got
1: to be node or something yeah there's something there <laughs>
0: there's something you know what it's not our best work uh we'll think of something I'm sure, and we'll have to we'll have to have it we'll have to do another piece That's of content in. and we'll be like we totally nailed it it's yeah. Hermione, Granger. I mean Granger is kind of a packaging company um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right anyway that's besides the point you're the wizard of packaging Andy Kurtz and you can you can take your wand and you can wave it and you can fix anything you want instantly no there's no committees there's no oh we got to get this approved by, by the government you can do whatever you want you can fix any problem in the packaging industry or a few. Um, because there's a lot of them, what would yeah. be the one that you would be like, this is what I would really fix about, you know, either packaging in general as a consumer of packaging or as a designer of packaging, what it is that you see, what's the thing that you would fix?
1: Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to do a selfish one and then an altruistic one. So good. selfish, uh, like never questioning budgets. Like we just, or proposals. Like we just, what we propose is what it is, and um, you don't, you, you don't have to uh, negotiate. You don't have to rationale it. It just, it is what it is.
0: You give them a budget, and they go, "Thank you, we're so yep. glad." And then, where do we send our Bitcoin? That's what they say to you.
1: That that, that or, yeah, that or they say, well, we thought it was going to be like fifty thousand more. Is, is that okay if we pay you that more of that? That, we,
0: <laughs> you, that doesn't happen to you. People don't, <laughs> it's weird. People don't <laughs> ask you to spend more money. Like, wow, yeah. that was actually really low. Yeah. We were yeah. really, I did have that, no joke. I had that happen one time. I gave a bid, an annualized spend on labels, and they said to uh-huh. me, and I quote, we spent $800,000 more. I think you messed something up. And <laughs> it, it was actually a big, giant, it was crazy what we yeah. ended up uncovering at this company, but we oh, were man. actually right. And they were getting a lot of money stolen from them, but that's, that's beside crazy. the point. Yeah. But they did tell me like you're way off, you're super low and <laughs> something's wrong. Okay. So I, yeah. I, I like that selfish one.
1: Yep. So that's my selfish one. Cause I feel like I spend way too much of my day, you know, sort of having to, um, you, you know, just like explain why what we do is worth the investment. And then my sort of altruistic one better for the world is to create packaging. That is, can not only be beautiful and be a physical thing on a shelf, but also just when it's time disappear and we don't have to worry about landfills. We don't have to worry about it. um, You know, carbon footprints or anything like that. It just, it's like, It, 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 because that's another thing that I worry about is that it's like, you know, our, what we do, you know, it, um, if we got rid of packaging altogether for, uh, climate change reasons, we would not, I would be out of a job, uh, I'd figure out something else. Don't worry about it. It's okay. But still, like, I feel like there still needs to be packaging there, you know, like you can't just have like pasta everywhere, you know, like scooping it no. in your hands and then running home with it. And so there still needs to be something there, but I would love for there to be something there that is just it's there and it's time-based. And you can you you buy it based on its beauty and you bring it home, you use it and then just pff, it goes away and have you ever
0: don't. seen the movie Envy with Jack Black and Ben Stiller and Christopher Walken. It's an old comedy.
1: No, and i'm gonna put that on my list <laughs>
0: oh it's not it's not a really great movie but christopher walken it's like the perfect crazy christopher walken uh-huh. story but anyway jack black becomes super rich because he invents this product that you can spray on poop and it just vape it's called vaporize
1: there and you it, go.
0: It, then there's this whole question and they're like where'd the poo go and it's 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 actually a pretty funny movie. Now that I'm describing, I remember watching it. Like Christopher Walken is amazing. Zach yeah. Black's pretty funny. Ben Still, I love the Ben Stiller character is a little weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, but so we if we have like a, a, a packerizer or something like that, yeah. you're just like, oh, I'm done with this. Yeah. Done it's with it. Like, Ooh, it's just gone. Yeah. It turns in it turns into happy thoughts and yep. away it goes. Yeah.
1: Positivity on the world. <laughs> yeah, it
0: just turns it just turns into positivity. That's yeah. all it is.
1: That's all I love it.
0: That, that's that's uh, one of the best answers I think I've heard.
1: Oh, I'm glad. Thank uh, you. I like I like how you,
0: I like how you think. Well, Andy, how do people uh, so how do people get in touch with you if they've got questions about um you know how rad the wrinkling school is or if um, they need help with their taxes, not that you don't you don't want to help on taxes, but in all honesty, if they're if they're needing help with a packaging design, um, I'm sure that you'll you know you'll take you'll take a phone call or an email, even if you can't help them out. You seem like the oh yeah. person who would just say yeah, but you want to talk to so and so, right? So how would people reach out? Yeah. To you?
1: So you can visit buttermilkcreative.com. And we've got our contact info there. You can look at more of our work that we've done, and and uh, and yeah, send me an email, and I, I'm happy to reach out and chat. So, right yeah. on. Yeah.
0: And uh, do you want to give a plug to your? Is your clubhouse thing still going with Kirk or to
1: that? It is. Yeah. Yeah. We've okay. been taking a, taking a break um, these past couple of weeks just with because summer schedules are so crazy. But actually, um, we will be uh, we'll be picking it back up. So yeah. On Tuesdays from three to four Eastern, we talk packaging design, and occasionally we have special guests um, who we talk to about their packaging design. You know, most recently we had uh, Lisa Laird from the Lairds Applejack Company. They make, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like it was it was I was celebrity starstruck because I just saw her thing on um CBS Sunday morning like in November of last year and uh so that was really cool we had Sydney Chasen of Chasen Dreams Farm who does um like puffed sorghum snacks so we try to invite some folks on but then some weeks it's just Kirk and I just talking and you get to sort of like um, eavesdrop on our sort of bizarre packaging. You know design. what I just
0: realized, too, is that it was exactly a year ago that, because we released Kirk's episode on the People Packaging Podcast on uh, on Juneteenth of last year. And so, yeah. you know, it's, we're recording this on, on the 16th of June. So that's kind of interesting, the, awesome. the, the one-year connection there, but... Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's an awesome conversation. I highly recommend uh, that that everybody jump on. If you're on Clubhouse, connect up with Andy and Kirk. Yep. I'm on there as well. Uh, we'd love to see everyone on there. So, Andy, I really appreciate it. Thanks a ton for a really lively and fun conversation.
1: I had a blast. Thank you so much, Adam. And I'm 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 glad it was a good conversation. And uh, and uh, yeah, have a good one. All right. <laughs> see you. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, that is it for another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. Thanks for listening. It would mean so much to us if you would like and share and subscribe to this podcast. We want as many people to know about the incredible people that we have in the packaging industry because we believe that packaging is awesome. Thanks again.